Moshi Moshi. Hello? I'm Seth Ramsbotham. And I'm Annie Ramsbotham. And we're the Rambling Ramsbothams. Our journey might be rambling, but we hope this podcast isn't. So we're back in our closet. We have big news. <laughs> yeah, we have some exciting news. Just uh, yesterday, I got an email, the head of the JET program for the Board of Education in Ishikawa Prefecture. And I woke up and I had a couple emails from them and they were telling me where I'm placed. So right now we know that I will be a teacher at a senior high school in the city of, well, city, <laughs> the town of Uchinada. It looks really good. So it's a senior high school, like I was just saying, and it was also interesting. He did mention in the email that Ishikawa had 44. We're going to be 44 of us living in the prefecture. So that'll be kind of interesting. And I do already know a handful of them because some of them are from the Nashville uh, consulate. And so I've, I've heard from some of them. It's really exciting because now we know where we're going to be. Well, we know where you're going to work, but um, I don't think any of the other alts are going to be working at that Uchinata High School. Probably not. But the cool thing about Uchinata is it means Uchi is home and Nada is open ocean. And that's pretty cool. It'll be our, our new home on the open water. Yeah, so we can talk, I guess, a little bit about geographically where it's located. <laughs> so Uchinata is a town of about 30,000 people, and it's on the Sea of Japan coast. It's the biggest beach in Ishikawa. The high school, if I look at it on Google Maps, one, it's the only senior high school in Uchinata. Um, but if I look at it on Google Maps, it's almost literally right on the beach. Like, I'm, I'm pretty certain from the school, you'll be able to look out and see the ocean, which is pretty interesting. It's like a block away, and I did see on Google Maps, there's apartment buildings in front of it. Hmm. So hopefully you can see the ocean. I bet that they're not that tall. Yeah. I would be surprised if they were tall. And it also was designated as one of the top 100 swimming beaches in Japan. Although there's a lot of beaches, so 100, yeah. I don't know. But it's in the top. It's still, yeah, it's, it's still impressive. <laughs> and we're also excited because Uchinata is in a really good location. Our dream location was Kanazawa, which is the capital of Ishikawa Prefecture. And Uchinata is about a 20-minute train ride at the Kanazawa station to the Uchinata station. Yeah, so. the Shinkansen line, the Hokuriku, like, main Shinkansen, like, fast train line goes to Kanazawa, and you can mm -hmm. get on the Asanogawa line, which goes straight to Uchinata. And if Wikipedia is right, there's a special car on the train that you can put your bikes in without having to put them in a rinko, which is like a little bike bag that you have to mm -hmm. put your bikes in so you don't get everything dirty and every and all that. So that'd be kind of cool. You could just hop right on the train and take your bike to Kanazawa and ride around somewhere different. Yeah, I did find that Uchinata has a YouTube channel, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, it's not very popular but they do have one and they actually have a video about that train because it's a commuter train hmm. from reading on wikipedia it looks like uchinata is kind of a rare area in japan because the population is actually kind of booming because it's a essentially a suburb or a bedroom community of kanazawa so a lot of people live in uchinata but work in kanazawa so it sounds like it's really well connected to the capital by commuter trains yeah so. And in April 2009, it was designated the coast and the sunset bridge of Uchinata were designated as a lover's sanctuary. I don't know <laughs> what that means, but yeah, it, they uh, they knew we were coming as a couple, and yeah, here we go to the lover's sanctuary. Some of the other exciting things that we've 
kind of just been frantically researching Uchinata is the school itself is pretty cool. It seems like it's a pretty athletic school, and Uchinata actually has a velodrome. I've guess, never done track cycling yeah, before. Yeah, I'm somewhat excited, but yeah, track cycling is the one discipline of cycling that I don't do. It's always intimidated me because you don't have brakes on the bike, and you only have one gear, mm-hmm. and so you just pedal and then when you try to stop you just slow down your pedaling mm-hmm. i don't know i just picture myself like getting on and forgetting and then just like locking my legs up and getting like thrown off the bike or something or crashing really fast goodness i'm a little bit of a catastrophizer yeah but i think i'll be really interested in learning there'd be no car traffic well yeah not on the velodrome <laughs> yeah but that's <laughs> but, like a big perk of it so that's something that'll be interesting to figure out because i wrote in my statement of purpose about how i'm really into cycling they'll know i really like bikes and so i wonder if they're going to try and rope me into helping out with like the track team that would be really which, cool though it could be cool i just don't know anything about track cycling no if but... we're going to do like road training rides or something like that like yeah i'm all for it i'm just in the unknown with track cycling I've, like, watched it on TV, and I think it's interesting, but... On their website, they've got two guys and two girls on the team. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the team's bigger. I bet those are the only people that were, like... Those competing. are the people on the podium. Maybe yeah, they would let me come <laughs> hang out at the practices. Yeah, I'm sure you could just show up to the velodrome, but then, kind of, additionally, while we're on the topic of bikes, it is pretty interesting. They have um, the cycling terminal, which is a hotel, and that's pretty interesting because I guess that there must be some pretty good riding in the area that they would have something that's kind of sounds like it's marketed towards cyclists, but there aren't any English reviews because a lot of things in Uchinata, unsurprisingly, haven't really been visited by a lot of tourists, so there aren't a lot of... Well, I think it's a lot of, like, internal tourism. Some of the other stuff that we saw that was fun to do in Uchinata, there's a dinosaur park. It's probably, like, for children, but I am excited to see Mm -hmm. the dinosaur park. There's also, like, a hot spring, Honobonoyu hot spring. And on that YouTube channel, Zeb mentioned, we watched a pretty interesting video about, um, like, how you go and how you get into the hot spring. But it's on the second floor, and so you can look out over the lagoon. So that's what you look over, and you can see the mountains and stuff, too. That'll be a very scenic bath. Yeah, it'll be fun. They had some other kind of, I don't know, very, like, small attractions. Oh, they have... Like, there's a park that has the uh, kind of rides and stuff. Yeah, the pirate ship yeah bride well they also have an obama shrine which yeah has actually nothing to do with barack but i thought it was funny and he thinks he's real comedian (laughs) with the obama shrine yeah well it's not barack obama but it's a shinto shrine but you can go see that and also uchinata is the site of the first large-scale protest against the u.s military occupation of japan and so in 1952 they like didn't for obvious reasons want the u.s to construct an artillery range and the u.s military was building that so that they could train u.s soldiers during the the korean war but they didn't want it and they also were afraid that it was going to disrupt the ecosystem of the dunes and everything and they were so initially successful with their protests that a lot of people in the neighboring areas of japan like throughout the country supported them but then unfortunately it didn't work out and the u.s we still built the base in 1953 they turned it over to the japanese government only like four years later in 1957 but i think there's still tower that's there yeah there are a couple on the tourism map i can probably learn more about it too and because there's a museum there at in uchinata that's the museum of history and folklore Mm -hmm. you want to talk about what events are going on in uchinata 
Well, I think you're the one that's excited about the events. I am, because one of them Zeb's going to take me to on my birthday. <laughs> Maybe. But the Acacia Romantic Festival is in mid-May, just in time for my birthday. And it's when the blossoms from the false acacia tree, which that's what it said online, but I'm pretty sure the false acacia tree is just like the black locust like we have here in America. I think so. But when it blooms, that it's in full bloom in mid-May, and... They celebrate it because it apparently the trees and the flowers shield the town from the sand and wind. Mm-hmm. And they celebrate the blooms and they have a flea market on the forest promenade and they have cultural performances, which it didn't really get any more specific than cultural performances. So I guess I'll see what that is. But I'm sure it's some dancing and partying and parades. Well, and it sounds like a generally good time. I have some high expectations. Yeah. I feel it's, like I'd be most excited about the flea market. Yeah. I'm excited about all of it. Oh. Food. Festivals, flea markets. That's not all. They've got the World Kite Festival. Wow. In early May. What a joy. You just come visit us in May and we'll just party the whole month. And you make kites. People, I'm assuming they they bring special kites. On the pictures, they have these like huge human-sized kites that are flying in the, in the air. Looks very cool. And I think just in general, we're pretty excited about having Uchinata as our placement. Because the alternative is we could have been put down in a town like in the Kaga region which like is pretty far up, south up north in Noto where even there's... Noto I feel like would be pretty well I guess Kaga wouldn't be bad because you'd be on the train line like going towards Osaka yeah you'd be closer to towns on the Noto peninsula you're just like farther up and out of everything I'm sure yeah. it's beautiful but yeah we're way more central but I guess we can't really get ahead of ourselves because that's just where you're working so we yeah. still have to find out where we're living which could yeah. be in Uchinata or it could be like anywhere in the surrounding area. So we could still get placed in Kanazawa. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more housing available in Kanazawa and that I get placed there. And then I did already look it up and from the Kanazawa main station, it's 20 minutes by train to the Uchinata station. But then from Uchinata, it's only like a 13 minute walk to the school. So I almost wonder if it'd be just as fast or maybe like marginally slower just to take a bike. And so that could be like an interesting alternative is like on days where the weather's nice, I could just ride. Yeah, because you bike. said it was like nine miles. So yeah, if you I think, think I read like, that it was 15 kilometers, which is around nine to 10 miles. So if you think about like walking to the Kanazawa station, like five minutes, then 20 minutes on the train is 25 minutes and then like mm-hmm. 15 minute walk. 40 minutes you could probably ride nine miles flat in 40 minutes yeah because it's going towards the coast so it could only be downhill it yeah can't be that bad although in the summer you'd arrive like super sweaty yeah i would just take a change of clothes but i don't know if i would prefer living closer to work and then having essentially no commute and then just like when we want to have dinner or hang out in the town we just take the train or ride bikes to kanazawa or if I'd prefer living in the big city and having a bit of a commute out to work. Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons to both. Like, I really wanted to be placed in the city because I've never lived in a city, but I've also never lived at the beach. Yeah. So they both would be very And also, cool. I mean, right now we live in a town of, like, 40 people. So yeah, either Uchinata way, has 30,000 people, which would be a huge step up. As long as I can walk to like a grocery store or a convenience store, then I'll yeah, be happy. I'm sure in either location, <laughs> you'd be able to do that. Yeah. But yeah, so that'll be interesting to find out. I definitely am looking forward to hearing more from the Board of Education guy. Yeah. And you were saying earlier that you were thinking that we might be put like in Kanazawa with a bunch of other jets, like in one big apartment building. Well, it sounds like sometimes a jet does that, that prefectures kind of house 
jets together in kind of apartment blocks. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like that sometimes happens. And I know that two of the people from Nashville are also in Kanazawa. Yeah, there's another married couple in Kanazawa. There's another married couple that got placed there. I don't think we mentioned them. Mm -hmm. But that could be cool to be in an apartment building with like a bunch of people that are in our same situation but it also like i'm afraid that i that i might use that as like a crutch and then like only talk to other english-speaking people and not really like branch out which because it would be so convenient to just be like oh come over for dinner we'll just all speak english together and yeah and you have to be friends with me because you don't have any friends here either <laughs> in general we're really excited about being in uchinata and being so close to kanazawa and just the placement in general i don't know if it could have been much better yeah, we got really lucky. I feel like, I mean, yeah. do you think they read everybody's statement of purpose that deeply and were like, oh, he really liked Kanazawa and bikes? Or do you think we just mm. got that lucky? I really don't know how it works. If there's like a system where they disperse the, like, your applications and then prefectures are allowed to say, we want this one. Or if oh, yeah. the like Tokyo government people get your applications and then just kind of willy-nilly like throw them out there yeah i was really expecting to just be thrown somewhere because there are like stories where people are like okay well my top choice was an urban city and i got placed in the most remote corner of okinawa on an island so (laughs) i was kind of afraid they would be like that's nice that you suggested something but like here's where you're gonna be we got really lucky i'm super happy with where we're at so hopefully next time we can know more details about the actual housing situation. So I know you're not really a packer. <laughs> yeah, and he's been giving me a hard time because apparently my my packing methods or my packing situation is very unprepared. It's not a hard time. I just really like thinking about what I'll pack and like kind of narrowing things down. I make different piles of like give away, keep, but don't take to Japan and then take to Japan. And Zeb's just going to kind of like throw a bunch of stuff in a bag and get on the plane, which yeah, is and both the rest away. <laughs> totally appropriate <laughs> yeah, responses. But what things are you thinking will be in your essentials? I was thinking about it. I do think one of the challenging things to take over is so obviously to just get it out of the way we're taking bikes with us and so we talked about a little in the last podcast we just got new fancy upgraded bikes so we're each going to take a bike and so one of the things that i think we do need to take are quite a few bike tools so we can be somewhat self-reliant and work on our own bikes so that'll be like tricky because bike tools are heavy and they weigh a lot i don't think you can just walk onto an airplane with a bunch of tools so they're well, gonna have, have to go into carry-ons we have that tool you mean into ch- uh, uh, checked, yeah, bags. checked bags we have that we have like a pretty nice tool suitcase kind mm-hmm. of thing from yeah. park tool and so it that like, could be like one because yeah with the jet program you're allowed to take one carry-on size bag and they could say two large suitcases and you're kind of limited to that because they shuffle you around a lot when you land in tokyo and you have to travel as a group and so there are limitations for the trains and buses and shuttles that they put you on and so you're not allowed to take anything too big so that's why it's kind of a pain that i think i'm gonna have to ship my bike over there because i have the bike bag but i don't think i can take it because it's gonna be way too big and i feel like if they saw it they'd be like hey man like you can't put that on the bus like it's not gonna fit well and you don't want to be like that guy where they're like all right well here's like the shuttle plane we've got and then they're like oh my gosh zeb brought like five bags how are we gonna get him (laughs) 
Yeah, so thing. I do have to follow that rule. So yeah, I'll have to figure out. Yeah, I think taking bike tools is going to be difficult. Um, a lot of things I can take because I'm going later, and yeah. so I can pretty much have unlimited bags. We would we just, just have to pay, pay for, for them, but that would be fine. Probably cheaper than shipping. The only problem is like when I get there, I'll be alone, so it'll be hard for me to. Well, hopefully I can come meet you because you're coming about a week after I get there. It'd be nice if you could come meet me because otherwise I'm just picturing myself with like 15 bags on those trolleys where you're like pushing one and pulling one. And I always, yeah, like we they travel. They also have some services though that they'll take like your baggage from the airport and they'll take it to where you live. Interesting. Yeah. Like so, a jet service or just in general? No, just in general. That's like pretty nice. Luggage. I don't know, like chauffeur. I don't know how it works. Because I feel <laughs> like we travel pretty light when we go places just because we like yeah, not having bags. I mean, last time we went to Japan and last time we went to Europe, we literally just had carry-ons. But that was because we could do that. And yeah. so this time, I feel like I'm going to be like the people in the airport that I always judge where I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, they, they have... Yeah, little carts that you push <laughs> and they're like covered in bags. Yeah, and now... Like stuff falling everywhere. That's going to be me. <laughs> yeah, but It'll I think we'll fine. figure it out. The only thing that I'm worried about now actually is, yeah, the bike tools... And then the shipping the bikes, we'll have to figure out. I'm hoping that once we figure out where I'll be living, we can look into using, like, bike flights or something and just packing our bikes up and then shipping it there. And I could probably ship it, it and then by the time you get there, you'd be able to accept the packages. Yeah. And so, the tools, I would just have as my carry-on. Because it's, I mean, as my checked bag, one of them. Because it's small. It's heavy, but it's small. So mm-hmm. that wouldn't be a big deal. What about, like, other than bike stuff? What are you bringing? I mean, other than bike stuff, the next big thing is... The one thing I I was thinking about today, I, of course, have a desktop computer, and that might be a little tricky, because I don't want to take the entire desktop computer. So I've looked at taking my components out of it and then flying with them in my carry-on. So things like my graphics card, motherboard, like CPU, all that stuff. That could be a little tricky, which is a little intimidating to fly with that stuff. Are you going to be able to fit a suit in your carry-on? with that stuff well yeah that's the challenge is if i packed it really well i could probably put it in a checked bag Mm -hmm. and so that could be tricky but then beyond like electronics of course we like we just got a new camera and we have stuff like that that we're taking um other than that it's really just clothing i mean yeah which i need to like go through and narrow down what clothing i'm gonna leave behind and what i'm gonna take we neither of us really have that much clothing but you especially don't have a lot of clothing and then because very few outfits yeah well also because of the job you have right now you're outside all the time and working on working outdoors and then with this job you would need like a suit and fancy kind of like indoor teacher clothing so a lot of your clothes you probably just aren't gonna bring yeah like i don't think a lot of my t-shirts that i own are very work appropriate and or work pants can't really yeah, wear them really with a suit pants. i have like outdoor khakis that i wear when i'm mowing and weed eating but those aren't really fancy i think that that'll make my packing a little bit easy because i really do think that i'll ditch a lot of my clothing and just use this as an opportunity to update my wardrobe that i've had for the past 15 years and buy like fresh <laughs> clothing mm-hmm. sometimes we joke that i'll become japani when we move to japan because here i'm just regular old annie yeah and i'm gonna go and buy a whole new wardrobe and be a whole new person yeah here comes japani so i don't think we're taking anything like too big we're not taking anything like we're obviously not going to take like furniture we're not taking any cooking appliances we're not yeah taking, which feels like, kind of weird because i feel like i should be taking just some basic like plates and pots really? and pans i don't know because i i don't want to like buy all new things it feels kind of wasteful 
but then it also feels wasteful to like ship everything over there i don't know which is <laughs> i mean they better. have like secondhand stores so i was just yeah. assuming we'll just go to like a secondhand store and i mean buy that's probably the best option so I think the packing scenario is really boxing up our house. And so I don't know what other people in Jet do, but I think a lot of people that get on, well, I'm assuming that a lot of people that do Jet are like pretty fresh out of college. And so they don't really have a lot of stuff or they don't really have a home that they've been living in. So they can kind of just leave their things with their parents. We've been living in this house for three years now. We kind of have to think about, okay, like packing up all the stuff that we've accumulated and kind of squirrel it away in different places. So that's kind of more intimidating to me than actually packing to go to Japan. Yeah, me too. Because as I've been slowly like going through rooms, I get a little bit overwhelmed of like, oh, do I really need to keep like all of these things or is it just sentimental? Like if I throw this away, I'm going to miss it later. Because sometimes my cleaning method is just like throw it away. <laughs> well, that's mine. Yeah. And it is a really good opportunity to get rid of or declutter. Yeah. We've been really good about, we've taken so much stuff to like Goodwill or just throwing stuff in the trash and... It does feel good. I just want to make sure that in my, like, excitement to, like, do something new that I'm not, like, throwing things away that I'll miss later. Oh. Usually I don't miss them, but I just want to be, like, careful, I guess. Yeah, I haven't thrown away anything yet that I've missed. So Annie has a unique packing issue that I thankfully don't have to deal with because I don't have any medications or contacts, not yet, anyway, but... Yeah, Zeb's just in a perfect body over here. Yep. (laughs) But I have to take... So Japan has, like, some pretty strict medication rules for any kind of medicine. But if you want to take a prescription that is more than a month's supply, you have to have, like, a special form called a yakan shumai. And it's just an import of medication certification. But if you want to take any medical device, you have to take, you have to do that also. And contact lenses count as a medical device, which is kind of funny. And I was, I have a whole year's supply of contact lenses because I was feeling really good about myself being so prepared. And it's more than two months supply of a medical device. So I have to fill out a form for that. And so I'm kind of trying to navigate that very quickly because you have to submit that to the embassy so that they can give you the correct form to take when you actually land in Japan. And you need to do that a month before you go. And we're, like, ticking down (laughs) to, like, six weeks right now. we're getting close. So I've been, like, collecting just the stuff you need. Um, The biggest thing is, like, a signed prescription form from your physician, which isn't too painful. And then I haven't really looked much past that. There's, like, a lot of, like, faxing and PDF scanning that I'm trying to, like, I guess not put off too much. Yeah. So Annie gets part of the jet experience with turning in a boatload of documents also. Yeah. Well, I thought that the Yakan Shumai was like a specific jet thing just so that they could have tabs on you, I guess. But it's not. Like if any foreigner wants to bring any kind of medication in there. There's also, if you are trying to go to Japan and bring certain medication, you should really look it up before you go so that you don't get put in jail. legal trouble. Because you can get put in jail if you try to bring Adderall even, or Vyvanse. Any, um, well, most ADD medication, if it contains, like, an amphetamine, then they just don't allow it at all in Japan. And then there also are over-the-counter drugs in America that are too strong for Japan. Yeah, like NyQuil, right? Yeah, you can't take NyQuil or Sudafed. I guess it's fairly obvious that you can't take THC or marijuana, anything with THC in it. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, like, that makes sense, but you're also not allowed to take CBD oil. So, yeah, they're just very strict, and they mean business. (laughs) Yeah, don't want to get in trouble. No. Maybe we'll talk about our words of the week. Yeah, do you want to go first? 
Yeah, so the word of week that I have is yasashi, and yasashi is essentially easy, except in Japanese you typically use it as relation to a person, so a person can be yasashi, and that means that they're pretty easy, like as in easygoing or mild-mannered or like they're easy to get along with. And so a bit different from in English, where if you called a person easy, it would maybe have a different connotation. I like that word because I hope that in Japan, I can be a Yasashi person and <laughs> hopefully be easygoing or easy to get along with and not cause any trouble. Yeah. My word is OU, which is hot water. And it's interesting. I thought it was interesting because if you're just talking about water in general, you use the word mizu. Like if you want a glass of water, you're just talking about like water. But technically mizu is anything colder than body temperature and anything warmer than body temperature. So like a bath is OU. You can't just say like atsui mizu, which is hot water. Literally, that would be like weird. You would call it like a whole different word. And I thought that was kind of cool. But if it gets to boiling, then it's another word and it's netu. And netu also means fierce fighting. So oh. I guess it's like aggressive water. But anyway, I just think it's interesting that they have three different words for like those different waters. Yeah. Kind of cool. like ice and water, but we just don't have a different word for hot water or boiling water. Here we are at the end of the, today's podcast, and I'm just going to mention again real quickly that we do have an email address that folks can send messages to us, and it is just ramblingramsbothams at gmail.com. And so far, we do have one email, Woo! and it's from my mom. <laughs> so thanks, mom. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> the kind words. And she asked if we would be continuing this podcast once we're in Japan. And yeah, I yeah. think that that's, that's the goal that we'll, <laughs> we'll keep this podcast going because Japan will hopefully be the actual real exciting content that we're, yeah, once we're over there. So I think that's enough rambling for one day. Yeah. So we will catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.